Welcome to the Connection Club podcast. I am Katie Wren. I am a wife, a mom to a beautiful baby girl, bonus mom to a beautiful teenage daughter, and successful business owner. I am so excited to connect with you. Sometimes we need to disconnect from the world to reconnect with ourselves. So I am super grateful to be on this journey with you so we can connect together as a community. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. So I have a very special guest with me today that I'm super excited about. Yes, we're using that word yet again. Excited. Uh, We have the beautiful (laughs) Michelle Sorrow here with us, and I'm very eager for you guys to know her story, what she's got going on. Yeah, we usually I'm, I ask a bunch of questions, but today we've just been in such a big flow having mm-hmm. conversations today that we're going to just let this flow and just... Hi, Michelle. <laughs> hi, Katie. <laughs> it's so good so, to see you. Uh, I can see you on the, our Zoom call, right, but it's also good to hear you. It's a beautiful connection right now. And um, let's talk about that. Let's talk yeah. about how we first connected. What happened when we that beautiful moment. Well, I met you at Date with Destiny. It was my second time. I think it was your second time too. It Uh was just last December. So it's only been 10 months. But you know, when you meet a soul sister, a like-minded, like-hearted soul, it feels like it's been forever. So it was an easy connection with you. So I was crewing, which means I was volunteering and I was an usher and they placed me up in like the CIS section, which means chairman's invited seat. You were a guest of Tony's, Tony Robbins. Anyone who listens to me or knows me knows that, well, probably you too, that like my life, I look at as before and after my first date with destiny event, which is kind of amazing because it happened in my mid forties, but that's just the way that it goes. I'm so grateful that I got it when I got it. Um, but it was my second time and I wanted to come back and serve the event that changed my life. It was my little tiny token of, of giving back. You shared a very beautiful, powerful share about a moment as a young new mother that had to do with Lake. And I don't know if you've shared that story here, so I won't share it, but it had everybody in tears. Luke, your husband rushed in. 5,000 people were standing and just applauding and your courage, your motherhood, your love, all of it was just your breakthrough. You had a massive breakthrough. And I just remember thinking, who is that? I have to know her. And so after Luke was done twirling you and everyone else was done hugging you, I think we had our moment to bond and to connect. And we got to place our hands on each other's hearts, I think, and look each other in the eye. And I just thought, yeah, I want to know her forever. And here we are and it's working. It's happening. It's happening. I've I've known you now for nearly a year. It's um, Mm -hmm. it's beautiful. And oh, yes, that share. (laughs) I haven't haven't got to that bit yet on the backstory or or the connecting back parts as you guys have been listening to it. But yeah, it was a beautiful moment. And my whole intention at that moment was to share the story I'd been telling myself for so long and it was Mm -hmm. out of significance and certainty. And my new story was now this, this and this, but it kind of got out the why, what was kind of, what had happened was an unfortunate incident with Lake that I will tell you guys in the future. You'll have to wait for that one. And it completely just 360 my life. And Mm -hmm. I had a huge breakthrough at that event. So much so I purged the whole next day. I couldn't get out of bed. I missed those three yeah, I was sick. Wow. I was seriously sick. It was insane. Because it was so in your central nervous system. Wow. You have no idea. I Wait, was didn't so... you have Dr. John Amaral come in and work I, on you? I did. That's Thank, right. Thank the Lord I did. Um, I'm, I will share all of that with the, with you guys on a, on a later episode. It was... Oh, you're going to have them hanging with bated breath, girl. I know. <laughs> Anyway, let's move on from that. And okay. uh, otherwise I'll end up tripping up and telling them everything. Um, <laughs> as I, I can't help it. Tell us more about you, Michelle. So where are you in the world right now? What are you doing? Tell us your backstory and where you are right now. Okay. Oh my gosh. My backstory is I live in Los Angeles, Santa Monica specifically. Um, I'm trying to get Katie and Luke to move out here. <laughs> Probably won't <laughs> happen anytime soon. Um, I love Santa Monica. I love my dog and my two rescue kitties. My first career was in real estate, 10 years. So sales, love the the connection of real estate more so than selling houses. And when the market tanked in 2008, it gave me an opportunity to really examine my life and decide 
what I really wanted to do with the rest of my life. Now, at the time, I thought it was to be a TV host, but, you know, sort of mid, late 30s, not really realistic to also make minimum six figures and to be starting over with no experience. It was a little audacious. However, I got smart about it and I thought, well, what if I took my experience in sales and my love for broadcasting because I had done a certificate at UCLA in broadcast journalism, which is one of the most sort of prestigious schools for it in the nation. And I just thought, what if I just looked at the two of those and went to a shopping network, (laughs) which at the time my ego had a heart attack on. It's like, you can't go to a shopping network. That's like the bottom of the barrel ghetto land, because that is how it's regarded until you get there. And then you see just like anything, right? There's misconceptions of network marketing or personal growth or anything. And when you start to have mad respect for the beast of the business that it is, and you're like, wow, well, they're doing 8 billion in a year. Something's working, right? And it turns out it was a good fit. I was fortunate enough to be hired. I moved to Florida, which is in your neck of the woods. I was in Tampa area, St. Pete specifically for three years, still the best yoga studio that I've ever been to in my life called the Body Electric. And I knew that I would do that job for about three years. I thought it would be between two and three years and it would be like a graduate degree in live TV. What it ended up teaching me was A, that I was capable of so much more than I even realized because I worked the overnights. It was high, high pressure, demand of sales quotas that seemed impossible. Sometimes we would have to sell $10 million worth of product an hour. That's so crazy. And we would meet those sales quotas. So it taught me how to sell anything. So the gift in hindsight was... I know why things sell and why things don't sell if you're sharing them on live TV. I know what moves the needle and why people convert in real time. So then I started consulting for a lot of top brands, a lot of household recognized names and moved back to LA because I just miss Santa Monica. I miss my family. I miss my friends. But yet, just like anyone, not knowing exactly how the next step is going to go, I had to take a leap of faith, jump and trust that that net would appear because I was leaving a cush job with a great you know, health benefits package, an amazing salary. I love the people. I love the job, but I wanted to be home. And so I had to trust what was guiding me and calling me home. And that was a big piece of it. And then a few years later, maybe two years after I moved back home in 2014, as I was consulting brands that were on shopping networks around the world and helping them improve their sales, I then went to date with Destiny which was in 2017. And I went in thinking, okay, I'm going to go to date with destiny. And all I want to figure out is a, how to quit smoking, which was my big thing, my big shameful secret that I would do in hiding that no one knew about. And I wanted to be a full-time host on a show that I was doing a weekly shopping segment on called extra. It's an Emmy award winning entertainment news show. And I'd been on it for about a year at that point. And all I wanted was just, please don't help me figure out how to be a full-time host on this show. Well, about four days into the event, I realized that's not at all what I want. I don't want to be on prompter and doing red carpets and talking about fashion and movie premieres. No shade against it. Some of my best friends are Emmy Award winning TV journalists. I wanted though to be, I just wanted to do something deeper. I wanted to use my own voice and I wanted to make an impact that came from my soul that before Date with Destiny, I believed I would be doing, but I was scared to do. I was obsessed with what would others think. And I had no idea that one of the top six human needs that Tony talks about all the time, Tony Robbins, is significance. I didn't know how deeply driven I was by significance. And because growth had always, always been there, had also been there, which is personal development and growing, I didn't realize that the significance was basically fucking that up. Sorry, for, I don't know if we're allowed to cuss. <laughs> right? So it was like, it didn't even really have a shot to really integrate, much less implement into my life and take action by. But at Date with Destiny, there was no hiding anymore. And it was very clear that I had to let it all be. And I had to start. So I came out of that event. I didn't did you, know what did I was going to do. Did you feel like significant, how much was significance controlling your life and oh obsessed you were losing that connection to yourself so I had none what was it doing in terms of your life like how could you see that sabotage in your life it was if I didn't get x amount of likes on a post I would delete it on social media it was if I didn't have the perfect pose or filter, I wouldn't post it. So it was a lot of like social media became my barometer, which I think it is for so many people Mm -hmm. to see how healthy or unhealthy you really are in your relationship with yourself and your self-love and your self-worth versus external validation. 
I would second guess myself based on what I put out there in social media. I was consumed with when I was on set on extra, am I skinny enough? Am I young enough? Am I hot enough? Am I smart enough? Am I talented enough? But by the way, the first three were physical and that's what consumed everything. Yeah. It was like, and then plus I was dealing with, you know, mid forties and looking at my body shift and change and gravity take effect. And I wasn't going down lightly. <laughs> I, and not that I, I haven't done any work, like I've never done surgeries or anything like that, but it was hard being in LA and feeling like I hadn't arrived and, and not feeling like I was really in my lane, but yet still, still attached to this five-year-old little girl's dream that if I land on TV full time on one of these entertainment shows, not HSN or QVC, then I will matter. Then I will be worthy. Then I will get all the love that I'm deeply craving. Not knowing that it works the opposite. And Tony, thank God, teaches that so brilliantly at Date With Destiny, which is when you get into love and connection and contribution, that's how you get all your significant needs met. But it doesn't happen when you're pushing from significance. Look at me. Look how fabulous I am. Oh my God, you don't think I'm fabulous? And then you crumble. Totally. Right? Yes. 100%. I've I've definitely been there and my journey through building my business, making a huge impact. it, It brought a lot of spotlight and praise and recognition and it fed my ego in a negative way really so then I'm like I'm I I talk about it openly on the podcast and I'm like oh I'm I'm craving it more and then once that spotlight is moved away onto somebody else who's doing you know great things and being successful in their own right I'm like well uh, uh, hello or do I not matter Mm -hmm. anymore you know then you do unhealthy things to try and meet that need of significance so I totally get it so please continue this is super exciting Oh, yeah. I mean, this is so huge. I mean, what I really wanted to do at From Date With Destiny, and it's what the original name of my podcast was, is I I thought to myself, this is the thing that nobody talks about, which is our obsession on what others think and our lusting after others' approval. Oprah talks about it. Brene Brown talks about it. But very few in the world are actually charging that helm. You know what I mean? Because it takes a, a depth and a level of self-awareness and a, and a willingness to be so brave to talk about those things that I found actually was what people did not want to talk about. They thought they did. So what had happened is when I realized that significance was running me and I made that huge, what I called significant shift at Date With Destiny to be like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to be me. I'm going to go all out and I'm scared, but I'm going to do it anyway. And what I realized is I started, so I, so I bought the domain significant shift and I was like, that's the name of my podcast. This is what everyone needs to hear. I'm going to help heal the world. This is what we're going to free everyone of and everyone's going to get into contribution and we're going to experience more love and connection and we're going to change the world. I had such lofty, genuine dreams on this concept. And when I did my first four or five interviews with people that I thought would talk about that thing with me, turns out as soon as the mic was on, they didn't want to go there. They did not go there. And it was like, I knew it before we hit record, certain people were like telling me how to make their photos on Instagram look skinnier and how to use this filter to make your leg look longer, your tummy look flatter. And I was like, oh my God, this is not going to work. We have to have it so real and so raw, otherwise this won't work. And so Ashley, we canned all of those episodes and we decided to start over. And I was like, okay, this was crazy to me. Like that's not going to work because people aren't going to go there. And it's not as exciting if I'm just coming on. I wanted to bring on guests that would share their stories, like what you're willing to do. But back then I didn't know a lot of people like that. And I'm telling you, your vibe truly does attract your tribe. The more that I get out there and share, the more that that's all the people that I meet now are all the people that I really love and connect with. Let's dive into that because I think a lot of people struggle with this. When we're truly connecting with ourselves, we vibe differently. Yep. And we've, we've gone through the steps over this podcast in helping people achieve that. But how do you attract your tribe? You're very, very good at this because you've built, we're going to talk about it a little bit later on. You've built this phenomenal platform in helping people express themselves through live video and get confident Mm -hmm. and, and clear on it and create a great community. So you, you've done the work and you've got the result. So tell us how we do that. <laughs> oh God. It's, it's, it's called it's, being willing to be uncomfortable. I always say discomfort is the currency of growth and I grow 
to give. So if I'm not growing, which means oftentimes being extremely uncomfortable, then I've got nothing to give. It's our stories and our messiness and our vulnerability that connects us in our humanity. So if I can't do it myself, then how am I going to ever expect to inspire transformation in others? And honestly, this is the world that I want to live in. It's the conversations that I want to dive deeply into. And it's what I want to foster and cultivate, not just within my own community, but around the world, which is that this, this premise of that nobody's looking for perfection. Everybody's looking for real. But the only way to truly attract that into your life is if you've got to be it. And it's so uncomfortable in the beginning. And you're going to get the naysayers who've known you your whole life and be like, girl, I remember when you couldn't even leave the house and you would not even go to that party because you felt like you were three pounds too heavy. And I remember those days. Or you went through every outfit in your closet and then you had a total temper tantrum like a four-year-old. You threw a fit, you started crying, you called me up and said you couldn't come because you had nothing to wear. I know those stories about you. And it's like, yep. And I share those stories now. It doesn't mean that I'm not still that. It just means I'm willing to embrace that uncomfortableness in order to lead by example. And that's, your, that's how you're finding that you're attracting then yes. people to become part of your community, your product or your service. Basically. Yes, totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. The more I, unabashed we are about owning ourselves exactly as we are and truly letting it, I always say, let it rip in real time. In other words, no filter, no pretense, you know, just allowing ourselves to be seen and heard. And this is why I love live video so much because you can't hide. You can't be behind behind a filter or um, Photoshop or a perfect posture or curated content that's been carefully crafted. It's just you. But when we do that, oh my God, my business has exploded. It's been amazing because people build that trust factor so much faster through live video. So I'm a big fan of that. But yeah, like that vibe attracting your tribe thing is real. And you have to look at it. It's like if you've got constant drama or stress or issues or relationship concerns, you have to start looking at yourself. Why? Why is this happening? It all goes back to just connecting with oneself and and really looking inward going, okay, what am I vibrating outwards? Totally. That's coming back to me. So talk about, you know, you started to vibrate differently to attract your tribe. What happened after that? Mm. We shut down this podcast and then you started something new. Tell us about that next chapter. What happened after you started attracting your tribe? So now the podcast is out. And I remember the first day that it came out, which was June 11th, 2018. And I immediately second-guessed myself. So all my old limiting beliefs from six months prior came back in full bloom to get me. It was like, who do you think you are? Why do you think that what you have to say is so important that you could launch a podcast? Are you kidding me? Like only like really smart or influential people do that. And, <laughs> and, but yet I still knew that there was like a calling on my soul and I truly trust in following those nudges, right? Because what I was experiencing that discomfort in that moment of launch day was, was the reason why I believe most people don't ever take that inspired action. They just don't because they're afraid to feel those feelings of, oh my gosh, what have I done? What are people going to think? And I remember when it did come out, someone that I knew from, I think it was a junior high had posted on my Facebook. I really appreciated hearing about yoga from you and your journey into it. Cause I was really big into yoga for like eight years. I'm still really big into it. I just haven't gone to a class in a long time because <laughs> now I'm into soul cycle and hiking again. So a cyclical thing with me with exercise, but she had always wanted to try yoga. She was in her mid forties, but she'd always felt intimidated. So the things that I had shared vulnerably attracted her to listen to my podcast. Amazing. And when she posted publicly about that that inspired her to go to her first class and that she had done it and actually liked it and was going back the next day. I was like, then you know what? My job is done. My job is done because that one person was able to hear something, take action, be in a transformation as a result of it. And so that's it. All I have to do is just keep going. That's all I have to do. And it was uncomfortable and there were moments of doubt and there were really hard times. I remember one episode, it was with Alison Armstrong, who's my favorite relationship expert out there. She was one of my top three dream guests because I had done her whole curriculum years back. And the edits on that episode, it actually almost caused Ginny and I, our producer, mine and your producer for our podcast to part ways because I had, I think over a hundred edits They were so minuscule because I was such a perfectionist because I'd had my first big dream guest and I wanted to go perfect and do well by her. And she had also told me she was, she'd be willing to come on, but her team said, she's not going to promote it. And I was like, that's okay. I didn't care. 
So we do all the edits. Jenny and I figure out how to, how to really create a connection and a trust and a beautiful relationship. We always say that that broke us down, but it broke us through that, that whole episode was such a, it was like magic for our relationship because it, it taught us how to work together better. And then more importantly, when we did release the episode, Alison Armstrong's team loved it so much that she shared it with her whole list and on social. And so it was to this day, my top download of all times by like three times. And what a gift. So sometimes the things that break us down and that cause us the most stress and the most pain can be our biggest gifts on so many levels, but you've got to be willing to confront what's uncomfortable. Absolutely. I mean, wow, what a, what a journey in, in all of that you've created in the past and then decided to no, that's not the way that I want to go and, and kind of restart again all, all the way from the beginning. I mean, sometimes that can be really scary and there's, you know, there's paths totally. that we all go down as individuals. And then we think, actually, this isn't the path that I want to go down and taking a new path can sometimes be super scary. Uh, we've all been mm-hmm. there. Um, you know, whether it's starting a new job or a new relationship or, you know, doing something that's completely out of your comfort zone. And let's just talk about that a little bit more. A lot of people are so scared to do this in stepping outside of their comfort zone. And what are the, mm. the things that you do to help yourself take that step and take that action? Sometimes it comes so naturally to some people and other people, it's something that they have to really go on a journey with to do. For you, I think it comes very, very naturally. No, it doesn't. I always feel the fear. Oh my God, I always feel the fear, but I just don't become fearful. You can have the doubt, just don't be doubtful. You can experience the fear, just don't be fearful. Because then I'm letting something outside of myself, which is a preconceived idea that's not even happening in real time. It's a fear of something in the future dictate my life. And I don't want to live like that. And so I, I, I truly do believe that the reason why people don't take action or don't follow through on their dreams. There's a lot of reasons. Let's, let's face it. There's laziness, there's procrastination, there's coming up with excuses, worrying that you'll fail. All of that is true. But I actually believe the biggest thing is people don't feel like they're, they're ready. And so they're always, quote, getting ready, always preparing, getting another certification, another degree. Once I have X amount of one-on-one clients, then I can take it to a one-to-many business model or whatever it might be. Or I'm not skinny enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not young enough. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too, too whatever. We're always getting ready. And so I really live by a principle that I love and I teach all the time. And it's this concept that I learned from Jack Canfield, Chicken Soup for the Soul guy, who's become also one of my longtime mentors and now a friend. We've, we've collaborated on a few things this year, which I can't believe just flew out of my mouth, but it's true because <laughs> I'm like, well, really, really works when you just step into action and you don't be fearful and you get yourself into proximity of really amazing people and you want to add value to their life and then wow they might to yours it's incredible but he wrote a new york times best selling book called the success principles i think he's had like 50 new york times best selling books over the years however this one was about 15 years ago and it was called the success principles and there were 66 success principles one was called action and obviously action is important it's success principle number 13 I might live by the book. And in there, he talked about this concept called ready, fire, aim. The reality is, is that most of us do aim. Wait, what what, what do we normally do? Ready, aim, fire. That's what we do. Ready, aim, 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 fire. And he's like, no, 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 no. You need to just fire, 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 aim. And so that works in conjunction with action breeds clarity. So the only true way that you're going to know what you've got is you've got to take some action. You really do. And you'll know that you'll never be ready. You're going to feel the fear, but you've got to do it anyway. This is all stuff we've heard everyone say, mm-hmm. but you just do it. It's like the Nike, you know, sort of l- slogan. You do just do it and it gets easier. It doesn't mean that that fear is not there. The anxiety is not there. The worries of what others will think will, won't be there, but it becomes less and less once you condition that muscle that says, I'm courageous, I'm brave, I'm capable, I can do this. Because there are so many people doing what we want to be doing that are less qualified than us and less capable than us, but they just decided to believe in themselves. So it's like, well, then why can't I believe in myself? I'm no different than them. Brene Brown has nothing on me and you, girl. She's got 20 years and maybe a PhD. But like, you see what I mean? Like, <laughs> they just have more years. <laughs> totally. I love that. And um, I had the same thoughts, and the same feelings before in the past. You know, who am I to you yep. know, develop a podcast? Who am I to you know, share about connection? And who am I to, to 
seemingly coach people and, you know, all of these fears and doubts, but I just feel them and do it anyway. Yes. You just so there you go. That's it. I mean, what you do, you guys make, you and Luke make your life look so easy and so fun. I I look at your social and I'm like, how does she keep up with all the stories and all the posts? And like, oh my gosh, it's always so good. For me, that would take me hours and hours and hours. But for you, that comes natural. Do you ever have thoughts of like, what will people think? Or did you in the beginning when you were sharing in social? No. (laughs) You didn't see? No, not at all. I care about people. We talk about this a lot, but you know, I care about people, but I don't care about what they think. There's times where that does creep in and, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's letting that flow, letting that feel, but then I I let it go. I don't spend time there. Whereas a lot of people spend a lot of time there worrying and thinking about what other people think. Mm -hmm. It's all about what you think about yourself and what you're telling yourself on a daily basis. So, you know, we've had conversations and helping you develop your stories and um, I've been kind of coaching Michelle a little bit on Insta stories and what to do and, and just a few of the little things I've learned along the way. I'm no expert. Like I'm just showing what's working for me, you know, but it is working for you. And it's, it's, I love getting a glimpse of your life and the way that you share it and the way that you cultivate connection and community in your stories and on your, on all your social posts. So I've been inspired by it. Um, you're the only one that I reached out to of like, well, what should I do? And what are you thinking? Did you take a look at this? And your feedback helped me first of all, understand more of a rhythm. I'm not good at it every day. I'm usually good at it like two days a week, to be honest. But when I do do it, it feels complete and it's engaging and it works. It does. It really does work. So I feel like I'm getting better at it because of you. So thank you. Oh, well, anytime, darling, you know that. (laughs) The great thing about me and Michelle is that we lift each other and inspire each other and push each other at the same time. You know, I recently joined her live mastery course and her group too, Wow. It, it definitely put me at my comfort zone. We're going to talk about that very, very shortly. I'm very excited for all of you guys to hear about it. But I really want to talk about how did you really learn to become connected with yourself? How did you know who you are and how did you discover that person? And you know, how did you become comfortable with that person too? Because I think we, we all really struggle to really know and understand who we are. But once we do know exactly who we are and who we want to be, which again is, is two different things and, and get into that place where I'm, I'm working towards who you want to be in order mm-hmm. to go to that next level in life is super important. So let's talk about, you know, those two different factors and how you got to that point in your life. Well, I think that I'm still, I mean, I'll always be evolving. I mean, I will never just get to like a certain level and be like, yeah. that's it. We're done. Yeah. The more that I grow and the more that I level up in all areas of my life, spiritually, emotionally, financially, professionally, I want more. I want to give more. I want to grow more. I want to contribute more. I want to love more. So I think it's a combo. I love this question because I used to just automatically answer and it's only been like 20 months, but I used to just say it was date with destiny. But now that I've had some time to reflect and about 20 months has gone since I went to my first date with destiny back in December of 2017, I actually now also believe there's something there's something to be said for hitting your mid-40s and no longer giving enough about what people think. So I think it was like this perfect storm because, you know, I've heard Oprah say that for years, like, oh my God, you don't even know who you are. Michelle Obama talks about some of my favorite inspiring people, Brene Brown, A, I don't drink. I should say that. That's a huge piece. I gave that up almost four years ago. It just turns out I'm allergic to it. But letting go of alcohol cleaned my life up in so many ways. It also cleaned up a bunch of, quote, friendships that weren't even friendships that we would do happy hours really well together. Um, And talk a lot of talk, but not do a lot of action in the midst of like having rosé all day. And so I think, and like now I, I don't even know anyone who drinks. It is so rare to be around anyone in a social environment who drinks. So that also is part of that, your vibe attracts your tribe thing. That was a game changer for me. The other thing is, is I did let go of the smoking as, as you know, that I wanted to from my original date with destiny. That was a big isolator for me. I was so ashamed of smoking that I wouldn't hug you. And you didn't know why I wouldn't hug you. Or if I did, it was a quick, like, you know, like those weird hugs where they hug you and pat you on the back because they're so (laughs) uncomfortable with the hug. I would do that not because I didn't want to hug you, but because if I lingered too long, you might detect the cigarette smell on my hair. And so I created a world of no intimacy Mm -hmm. because I didn't even want like a close girlfriend or even long-term boyfriends that I was in monogamous relationships with to ever see it or smell it or know that it existed. So I was living in this really weird like world of 
darkness and shadow that was a secret. So once I freed myself up from those secrets and that shame and I was living freely and in the light, then I could be the ray of fucking sunshine that I'm actually meant to be, you know? And so that was how I claimed my true power was getting rid of the toxic patterns and habits that were holding me down and dimming my light because I was afraid to be all of me. And then I went to date with destiny because my soul was calling it, was demanding it. And then from there, it was also mid-40s. So I think that's just a combination if I'm just really, really honest about it. And the more that I got into contribution and the more that I decided that that's who I am and it's what I'm meant to do and I'm good at it and I cultivate thriving engagement amongst my communities, it's like, this is a natural gift. And look at what it's causing for so many people around the world. So once I saw that, And I could trust it because the first year I didn't trust it. I thought it was a fluke and they don't really like me. And I'm just a good cheerleader. I don't really bring value. Believe me, I question all of it in the first year. But now I'm like, I'm really easing into it. And I'm like, there's something really special here. I am honored that I get to lead so many beautiful souls. And the more that I step into service mindset, the more that it just frees me up to be me and understand more fully who I am and truly where I'm going, which is, there's no sky being the limit. Like it's, it's unlimited. For me, it's not like some financial goal or like, oh, to be Oprah one day. Uh-uh. I want a life. I want to fall in love. I want to have room on my schedule to date. I believe there's some magical man out there that's also looking for me. If I just stress myself out with building a business as an entrepreneur, I'll never make time for that or for friends or for quality time with my family. So there's a balance for me in all of it or an integration, if you will. And so So knowing where I want to go and knowing who I am, those are huge distinctions. I'm so glad you brought that up because for me, it's not about making millions and millions and millions and that's how I've arrived. No, it's when I'm in love and we're in a really healthy, amazing, committed relationship and we're getting to just go down to the beach at four o'clock in the afternoon because we choose, you know, and we love on our family. I'm hoping he has kids or maybe we adopt and we've got my fur family and we're both making an impact and feeling really fulfilled about our chosen careers And we know that family and community comes first. Like, I don't know, like that was a long, long answer, but I hope that answers your question because it's so much more than just business for me. And I hope, I hope I'm making that clear. You thought it was long, but it was just beautiful. And I'm sure everyone's like on the edge of the seat listening to that. And you can really see really how you connected with yourself and getting rid of all of the baggage and the toxins and the noise and all of the, the bad things that you were surrounding yourself with. And it's making that decision and going, okay, that's no, that isn't serving me. No, Doing these things or behaving this way or endorsing in an activity that isn't serving you, it's right. deciding to let it go. Yep. I mean, smoking is not easy to give up. No. And I, I was 30 years. Easy. I started when I was basically 14, almost 15. And it was, I always say it was on, off, on, off. But the reality is, is that there are probably only three years total where I was off. When you look at that, you're like, oh my God, how could you be so young and have smoked for almost 30 years? Wow. And I was so ashamed. I live in Santa Monica. You're not allowed to smoke anywhere in the city of Santa Monica, like anywhere. And so people would yell at me because there's an alley behind my, um, my building in Santa Monica where I would go out at night when the sun was down and wait, I'd wait all day for that or smoke in my car, which by the way, was disgusting. But it was the only two places where I could go where I could have a cigarette. And I wanted to have a cigarette because I was addicted, heavily addicted, but I didn't want to be shamed by others and I didn't want to be seen, but yet I still needed to do it. But the biggest shame was for myself around it. So that was a big piece because I knew that I would never invite the man that I knew I would ultimately marry into my life as a smoker because there's no way he's going to go for that. So I would always invite these men who they were willing to accept it because they didn't, they didn't have high enough standards to not, you understand? Yeah. It's huge. And so now I know, and Tony teaches the men that I want to fall in love with ultimately all the time of like, choose a woman who's got high standards, right? Good credit score. She's got her life together. She's going after her dreams. Like she's got friends, you know, she's not an alcoholic. Hello, there is that. But it's crazy because as you get older, you see that people use drinking as their crutch. Yeah. Their confidence crutch. And I, and I wasn't really an alcoholic. It's, it wasn't that I'm not sober. I, I don't go to AA or anything like that. I happened to learn that I'm allergic at the same time that I'd had one too many hangovers in a row. And I was like, these hangovers are going to kill my life. They're going to kill my dreams. Between that and the cigarettes, I was like, what am I doing? This is bananas. And so it actually gave me an opportunity to really look at everything 
And once I let it all go, yes, it was really uncomfortable in the beginning. I didn't know how to be social. I didn't know how to date. I didn't know how to like enjoy myself and have fun. And then I got through that discomfort. I guess the, um, the theme of this conversation is, is embracing the discomfort, right? Yeah. Um, and it's like, if we can make friends with that, then we can have anything we want. It's like be willing to be uncomfortable to get to the other side. It's the breakdown for the breakthrough. Amen. Yeah. Breakdown for the breakthrough. And mm-hmm. I'm encouraging all of our listeners right now to really think about you know, where is it in your life that you need to break down so you can break through? And there's things going on in your life right now that is just pulling you away from being that truly connected, happy, soulful, joyful spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's going to help you fulfill your dreams or get you to where you want to be. Just feeling like these toxins or these negative energy or bad behaviors and all of these things, it's just, it truly is like you've just beautifully shared is just truly making that decision and then no longer living like that and deciding to live in a different way with a new identity and forming that identity, which we've talked about on the um, on one of the episodes already, on how to form your identity with the notion of where you want to go. And clearly yes. you've done that because tell us where you're at right now and how now with that new identity, you know, with your new vibe that's attracting your tribe, where today. <laughs> And what's coming up and what you've got going on. Let's, let's talk about that. Well, it's so funny that you asked that because as it turns out, I'm learning a lot as an entrepreneur. Boy, you face yourself. You face your limiting beliefs. You face your grandest visions. You face it all. You get to be really, really radically honest with yourself as an entrepreneur. I've never experienced this at this level. Turns out though, I'm a way better entrepreneur than I am an employee. So this is the right path for me. Part of being an entrepreneur means planning out your launches. So I actually just put together my 2020 launch schedule because in my first year, which was 2018, I would always be cannibalizing my launches. So I'd be launching one thing and like not thinking it through and like also needing to promote something else. And I'm like, this is crazy because when you confuse you lose. So you have to just have one thing at a time out there and, but really know what those are and know what that schedule is. So for 2020, we're actually, I'm going to do very business mastery, Tony Robbins event, where it's like success leaves clues. What's been working wildly successfully in your past and just do more of that, create more raving fans, fans, add irresistible offers and an insane value. So I'll tell you the base of how everything works for me. It's like my human click funnel, if you will. But I don't believe in click funnels. I just believe in the human funnel because I think that's where we're headed in marketing and in sales. Everyone wants it real. They want it authentic and transparent and they don't buy off of Facebook ads. It's all BS. Like we've just got to be real with one another and take our time to build it. So I have a Facebook live challenge group that has, it's still fairly small. It's like 2,200 people, but it's grown organically. So that is where people get a taste of me um, in terms of my energy, my style, if they like me, if they don't like me, because I'm encouraging seven-day Facebook Live challenges fairly regularly. Then from there, we launch a 90-day mastermind every 90 days. So we do four launches a year. We're actually about to do one in um, October 28th. We'll start our next round. That mastermind grows by anywhere from 20 to 30% every single round. We've never marketed off of names or expert guests. It's just us and it's solely word of mouth. And I'm so proud of that mastermind um, because it's true coaching and genuine value. And those people love each other. There's been three couples that have fallen in love. I'm now marrying two couples in 2020. Collaborations, business partnerships, business ideas have all been birthed out of that mastermind. It's so awesome. I'm proud, proud, proud and honored to lead it, um, to co-lead it actually. Then from there, People hear about my live video mastery course, which is a seven-week course that helps you A, own like yourself on live video, but also you learn a conversion blueprint that I developed in all my years at HSN and working with all the clients that need to convert viewers into customers in real time. So that's an incredible blueprint. And it helps you get out of the mindset of selling and being scared to sell or thinking selling is beneath you and understanding that we're always selling something every single day. And if you can own that and you can have a service mindset, you will close out anything. So for anyone listening who's doing network marketing or you're a coach or an author, any sort of entrepreneur, it's a must be able to learn how to share your services and get people enrolled. So there's that. And then the third piece is once people go through my live video mastery, then they get invited into my fire and soul accelerator. That's a 10 month long membership. It's invite only. It always sells out within 24 hours. So I'm not obviously pitching that here because you have to go through everything to even get there. 
and I, I'm running three of those right now and I'll open up a fourth one in November. And that is like an epic journey where it's my six, my first six figure business blueprint that they're modeling after to get them into action and building masterminds and mentorship programs and coaching services, et cetera. Cause I, I tend to attract, talk about your vibe, attracting your tribe. I attract people like me rising online entrepreneurs, people who know they're made for, for more, people who want to get after their dreams because they know they're designed to make an impact, but don't really know how yet. And so we just make it easy and we just go slow. We take our time. I don't believe in rushing. I don't believe in being in a hurry. I believe in doubling down on your lane, creating community and give, 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 ask. So that's where I'm headed. That's my 2020 with a lot of speaking gigs and just hopefully falling in love. <laughs> hopefully that'll happen maybe even this year I'm open I'm hoping for you too darling I'm mm. very well we'll touch upon that in a second but let's just uh, rewind a little bit back uh, tell us more about this Facebook live group yeah. because I've been in there for a couple of months now mm-hmm. and what it's done for my confidence on lives I can't tell you enough and tell us about the concept behind live videos, first of all, because I know this is going to serve a lot of people who are listening to this are going to have their own business and stuff. And this is going to massively help them. First of all, it's been amazing to watch you in the challenge group and, and, and seeing your evolution as well and to embrace it and getting so much, so comfortable. It's everything. It's everything. So it's a personal transformation. And then you start to see like, wow, I could utilize this live video is genuine leverage for my marketing and my sales strategies. So live video, I mean, where that's headed, it's, it's limitless. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg, founder of Facebook is tripling down on live video right now. They're putting all of their efforts toward live video, which is why you guys, when you do a live video on Facebook, Yep, it's there. Only like 1% of Facebook users are actually utilizing this feature, but it's there for you. But Facebook loves it so much that they're actually increasing your algorithm reach by five times. In other words, when I go live, every one of my friends in my quote network get notified that I've gone live. So Facebook is doing the marketing and the advertising for me. It's pretty damn incredible. And it's solely how I built the first multiple six figures of my new brand new entrepreneur business. I didn't, wow. I didn't do an ad. I didn't try that until three weeks ago for, my, for, for this launch of Live Video Mastery, which by the way, didn't work. <laughs> we didn't get one person into the course off of a Facebook ad. We got them all from people seeing me over time. Did you know that in the old days, and I mean old days by like 10 years ago, the average marketing touch of how many times they had to see you or hear about you or, or see what you're up to was eight times. Yeah. And yeah. then about five years ago, it went to about 14. Do you know what it is now? It's got to be over maybe 25. It's 24. Good wow. guess. 24 times they have to have seen you, engaged with you, heard about you, seen your consistency, yeah. trusted you 24 times before they're going to open their wallet and invest with you. So that requires you to be out there and doing the work. Well, why wouldn't you want to then use Facebook Live, which is going to do that work for you on a lot of levels because it's going to increase your reach versus a traditional post or worse, a pre-recorded video that you upload, nobody wants that. They just don't. They want it real. They want it raw. Listen, there is a time and a place for a beautifully produced video. Like maybe if you're doing a gorgeous digital course, which I actually happen to believe people still want it real. But like Amy Porterfield, who's my coach in the digital course space, she does really beautifully produced videos. They're always on prompter. And I love going through her courses because they're in bite-sized pieces. But it also makes me crazy because I'm like, Amy, I want to shake her by the shoulders. I want you to be you. Where are you, Amy? (laughs) You're on prompter. Be real. And if she ever hears this, maybe one day she will. It's not judgment. It's just people want it real. So Facebook Live video is amazing. But the reason why I came up with this idea to just start a a free community group is, A, I know that community is the new coaching currency. It's the fastest way to get people, and you know this, you're all about the Connection Club, and you built your business off of creating community at Juice Plus. And I know you're doing so much more now, but you know community is everything. And so... In 2018, I was challenged to my first Facebook Live challenge of 30 days. I saw it transform my life. That was the beginning of me building my business off of Facebook Live. And then I was monetizing masterminds. That's how I started. In addition to the podcast, it was like, okay, I made my first $3,000 off of a mastermind and I did it on a Facebook Live and a post. I would put everyone through 30-day challenges of Facebook Lives. And then when I would survey them as they were exiting out of my 90-day masterminds, I would always ask every one of the members, what was your top takeaway? And 100% would say, hands down, it was that damn Facebook Live challenge. Wow. 
I learned so much about myself. I'm no longer afraid or intimidated or insecure or, you know, uncomfortable at doing lives. I'm just allow, I'm just allowing myself to be seen in real time, exactly as I am. So then I was like, wow, that's pretty awesome because they were doing it on their own pages. Keep in mind, they were learning to get better, but in their own pages or in our little private Facebook group. So I thought at the beginning of this year, wouldn't it be amazing as my one year anniversary to my very first Facebook live, which was Valentine's day in 2018 as a commemoration to open up a group and to start a challenge and create a safe closed space where everyone could do Facebook lives, but in privacy. So in other words, you're not sucking as you're getting better in front of your world. It's a closed, safe environment where only people in there can see what's happening. And so that's how it started. And it started with like just a few hundred people. And in at a very short period of time, very organically, it's grown. And people just, you know, every day there's new people that join. There's six continents now. And every person says what you said. I had no idea this little tiny, you know, blue button on my smartphone would change my life this much. Legit. Like, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's definitely, I'm, I'm not 100% there yet on <laughs> the, the confidence level, uh, on the confidence level of consistently going live on my Facebook but I am finding that group has added so much value in creating that mm. more confidence. And, and really, it, it, all it does is just take a decision to just to press that little red button and just do it. You know what I mean? Blue button. We call it, it the blue? blue courage button. It depends. Do you have an Apple? I mean, do you have an iPhone? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's blue. We call it the blue courage button. Maybe you're seeing red, but you go for it anyway. Oh, the start live video. Yeah, okay, that's, that's blue. Okay, I thought you had the live is... icon. Oh yeah, the live icon. You have to tap that. And I don't know what color <laughs> that is. But in order to actually go live, it's the blue it's button. The blue button. Okay. And we call that pushing the blue courage button. Okay. Right. So that you're you're telling, you're signaling to your brain you're being courageous. You're literally conditioning an atrophied muscle because we were all courageous when we were little, right? We learned how to walk from crawling. We learned how to ride a bike and most of us drive a car. That took courage to trust that we could do that. And it's the same thing with, with live video, but it does bring up one of the biggest, most universal fears on the planet, which is speaking in public. Cool. But once you do it, that's what I mean by people think that it's just a simple thing. And then they realize, oh my God, this is a total personal transformation thing here. And, and then you get addicted because you like that feeling of owning yourself. It's what Tony Robbins teaches. It's what Oprah teaches, living your best life. It's what Brene Brown, you know, is always, you know, touting. It's like courage over comfort. But this is just all done through live video. Now, I know that live video is going to disrupt everything in marketing. This will be the way that we connect with one another. Number one, it feeds our narcissism, right? We're the star of our own little show. We get the comments and the engagement, and that's fun. But more importantly than that, it creates genuine connection. Because you really feel like you're there in real time. And you're like, I got a sense of this person, the way they, their mannerisms, their, the pace of, and the way they speak, the way that they gesture, the inflection and tone of their voice. I feel like I really know them. And I know that's why my business has grown so fast. It's because I built it all on live video. Wow. Amazing. It I is amazing. I'm so grateful for it. It's crazy. I think, I think it's um, an encouraging factor for everyone just to give it a go. Yeah. Give it a go. Why and not? Even get in your group and, and start practicing. I mean, why not? I mean, the the course that you've just released looks incredible as well, by mm -hmm. the way. I'm super excited to really dive in and do that after. I'm excited for you too. I really, yeah. Yeah. So tell us really how we can connect with Michelle and where are you on social media? Let's just flip back a minute as well as this has just come into my head. The same way that live videos is super important. I think Instagram stories are following on that same yep. path as well. I agree. You know, the, aren't you noticing like a, like a massive increase in viewership on your stories? Huge. Yeah. Like four huge. times over, right? Huge. Like yeah. I, I don't get the amount of likes on photos versus the amount Me of neither. I do on stories. It's totally interesting because it, it's raw, it's real, it's in the moment. It's, you know, everything that it should be. Whereas, a, you know, a, a Instagram picture can be prettily filtered and edited and yep. And you know all of the things. Like, I just put <laughs> the a dreamy filter. filter exactly. I just put a pretty filter on mine, and that's it. Like boom, there you go, it's on. But with Instagram Stories, you can't do that. You know, mm -hmm. it's real time. It's in the moment. It's it's you're seeing everything as it is. So that's the same way Facebook Live is going as well. Is you know that's why I was encouraging you. I was like, girl, you got to do Instagram Stories. You're all about the Facebook Lives. 
Instagram stories are no different. It's very, very similar. And it really gives you an opportunity to snip it through someone's life, you know, in, in a different way to a Facebook Live, but it's definitely both going in the same direction that it, it's super important. So guys, get on that and, you know, get in Michelle's Facebook Live group. Let's talk about that and how they connect with you. For sure. Oh my God. Thank you for asking. By the way, I need to embrace more of the stories. I think of stories as the same way that I used to think about Facebook lives. What will I say? What will I, what little, you know, gif will I put up there? And like, oh my God, does it all have to be like cute? And and the reality is, is that the more you just do it, you just do it. It's just like anything. So yeah, I encourage everyone to come in. So I'm found at at Michelle Sorrow everywhere. So inst- my, my three major platforms are Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Um, I also have a website, michelle-sorrow.com. You know, it's really amazing to connect in the Facebook Live community is a welcoming, very warm, very thriving, engaged community with love. Very loving much people. so, yeah. It's, it's actually remarkable to me how unconditionally accepting everyone is in there. It's just like this golden rule. I have not ever had to boot anyone out for weird behavior. I've had to say you can't promote. You know, I've had to send some private yeah. messages and be like, uh, hello. Cause that's the other thing is that we like to keep it really clean in there. So you're not going to be getting spammed and promoted to left and right. I will occasionally promote what I'm up to, but it's my group. There's no promoting whatsoever from anyone else. And it's really firm. And I think people really appreciate that because they can just share. You know, so it's been, it's been awesome. And that's where we can be found either through the Facebook live challenge group on Facebook, or you can come find me on social. Beautiful. So, oh, what a privilege it has been. I mean, wow, we've been going on for longer than 45 minutes, but it's just so exciting. (laughs) Just truly honored and blessed. You are one of the um, the top people that I wanted to interview on this podcast for sure, because I think when we, when we first met and the story that we've, um, or the journey that we've been on certainly. And when you, um, when I start listening to your podcast, it was you, Stephen Bartlett and well, of course, Tony, who have all inspired me to step up and do a podcast. And I had, I'm so glad to hear that. I had the call in earlier on this year and then I kind of was dismissing it and dismissing it and dismissing it. And I, I remember asking you a couple of questions about it. And then really it was born out of life and wealth mastery in June, yeah, what? I had a moment where <clears throat> I had to, I was doing an exercise, but I'd already done it a hundred times. I knew it inside and out. I've, I've already nailed it. And I had a moment and I started journaling ideas of names for the podcast. I thought if I get the name, the meaning is going to come. Mm. I didn't want it to, this whole podcast be about me and my story, but I wanted to implement that and share, you know, what I've been through along the way and the insights that I've had. Long behold, I it was there. It came up. It was connection. I thought oh, I just want people to be part of something like a club. And I thought, oh, the connection club. There we go. Yeah. And then it just spiraled out of control. All of these ideas and manifested. And then I reached out to you, and I'm like, Michelle, how do I make this happen? And hmm. kindly hooked me up with Ginny. And um, yeah, it's just been truly beautiful getting to know you and connecting with you. And um, mm. I'm so excited to, for what you've got going on, darling. I, I cannot wait to see all of this unfold and I wish you nothing but success. And it's just been truly beautiful to connect with you today. And we've Aww. had some amazing conversations on off air for sure. Yeah. And um, just thank you for your beautiful heart and spirit. Katie, I'm very moved and I feel the exact same. And thank you very much for having me on. I'm honored. Well, thank you everybody today for joining us and I hope you have a beautiful, blessed, connected day.